Hey man, it's Phil X, and you're watching Guitar Tales with Dave Cohen and Guitar Tales, Guitar Tales. Like, what else do you need, right? Guitar. We're geeks, nerds, gear, inspirations, positive vibes. Look out. You know, if there was ever the embodiment of what's almost a five-year-old slogan on our show, you come here a stranger, you leave a friend, uh, the great Phil X. I, I've never met the man, but we've had him on the show twice. We've chatted with him a bunch of times. I feel like he's a friend, uh, and we're so appreciative of that great bumper he made us. Uh, here we are on another edition of Guitar Tales. We are trucking along, and as we do every show, we have, by the way, Scott and I are taping three of them in a five-day span, which we're excited about. We always thank our sponsor, Charles Larita of Mischief Studios, who really runs a fabulous musical center if you want to record, buy, take lessons. And this week, Scott and I are probably driving up together with a bunch of guitars that need work, including that guy over there who's a 1937 falling apart acoustic guitar that I bought about a half mile from Charles's uh, store. Um, and he'll fix it for us, presumably, if it's fixable. And this time, we have a really, really cool guest. And I have a few good questions floating around in my little brain for him. Ryan Cook of Rock City Machine Company is just an outstanding guitar player who's played with the best of the best of the best. He's played with Gene Simmons. He's played with Ace Fraley and a host of other folks. Uh, Scott and I started chatting with him before we went on. We said, nope, 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 nope. Got to stop. We're doing a show right now because we're already getting along great. So, Scott, if you could slide yourself and Ryan in from the green room to here. Overture, hit the lights. Let me hit the button here. Bring Ryan in. There he is. Bud who said that? No, that was Bugs Bunny. That's right. <laughs> it, it's guys. Hey. How are you working. doing? It is it's working. It's, it's weird. You said, you know, your green room looks just like my house. It's so <laughs> weird the way that happens. And yet you and Scott were virtually together, sort of, kind of. Nah. We were. <laughs> We were. This is what I, I, I broadcast from my Hollywood room, I call it. I got kind of I got the Planet of the Apes poster back there and see, some real cool we, horror uh, stuff. We have to talk about the posters and stuff. And you know, I'm gonna follow your lead, but I noticed <laughs> that poster right away. Well <laughs> well, you were talking to us before. Let's let's start. Give us a tour of the wall behind you because you were you were kind of proud of some of the stuff you've got back there. This is my laptop, so but as you can see, it starts over there. Uh that's Rolling Stones and Blondie. And then you're going to Jimmy Page at, uh, uh, I think that's Royal Albert. No, yeah. that's the Earl's Court. Okay. Got Zeppelin over there. And then, of course, this was the first Kiss poster I ever had, the big Subway one. And Love it. Frank. There's more plant from Earl's Court. There's me with Skid Row, playing with Skid Row down there. There's me with Ace. There's me with Ace. <laughs> and if you go around the whole place. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> it keeps going and going. And there's me and Gene and lots of Gene. Uh that's awesome. Me with Paul, me with everybody. And oh, this that's is kind of fantastic. My house is three stories. Okay. The basement's mine. There you go. <laughs> that's not bad. That's a good deal. 
if I needed to live down here, I could. It's no yeah. problem. Yeah. For and if you're a bad boy, that's where you're going to live. I have that's an. Right. Un, un, I still have an unfinished basement, but it has an amazing bathroom for whatever reason they put in there. There I don't you know go. What that's all about. Yeah. yeah. So when, the, when the guys used to come over and rehearse here, they're like, "This is the most amazing bathroom." Like, that's a non-poopy bathroom. Don't get your hopes up. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you right you, now, you stink you up this, this that- rehearsal space. <laughs> You should nickname that bathroom the tour bus because you can't do that on a tour bus. Yeah. Well, fun That's fact for me, if I tilt the camera that way, which I'm not going to do, right. you'll see my law diplomas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, it's, and it's my law. You know, when I work from home, that's uh, where I practice law. But this wall is the guitar stuff. Then the wow. amp is upstairs. <laughs> and I just, since we're doing the tour, I have the Yes album. I replace these all the time. So I have the Yes album here. Scott, yep. don't yell at me. Scott yelled at me. Stan Mike. <laughs> I, exactly. I got Steve Miller here. I've got Jethro Tull. Yeah. And I've got the Guess Who. Who? The Guess Who. Love it. Yeah. Love I always it. got that whole Guess Who Who thing confusing when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, Burton Cummings, as far as I'm concerned, is the only one who could really, I think he might have a better voice in his prime than Roger. Mm. I mean, his, it. yeah, I mean, his voice. You know, oh my God! All, all our heroes are getting older. You know, it's kind of sucks a little but, bit. But even I mean, in the a lot time. of them are still hanging in there. But yeah, it's getting. I know yeah. I'm 60 and I play a gig. I'm like shot for the next day. I don't know how the hell you do it, Ryan, with <laughs> touring and shit. I can't talk. I can't walk. I can't. Anything. Uh, yeah. It's so um, cool. Well, I'm happy to be here with you guys. This is great. Thank you for having me on the show. I I saw the Phil X bumper and, you know, I love that guy. He's I've never so met great. him. I've He's never met old. him. I would like to meet him. Uh, I know he and I have a lot in common already because of the Van Halen thing. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, but of course we've all heard him and you know, what a great gig he has the Bon Jovi gig. I mean, what a good gig. Yeah. And Phil plays great. He sings great. He's had his band, the drills and I see him. He always looks like he's having a good time and I appreciate that so much in somebody. Yeah. He's, and I mean, I hope I, I hope I meet him someday. You know, I we can I'm no doubt we can arrange it. He's such a like it's not like, oh, I don't know. You know, he he's just the sweetest guy when we brought him back to do the Van Halen tribute show. Sure. He was he, you know, he was so great in that. And what Scott and I loved, we uh, surprised everyone. We brought the uh, the great Henry Vaccaro on. We had him in our fake green room that surprisingly looked like his house for him. House, and yeah. he's the guy, he owned Kramer Guitar for years, and he developed, you know, when Eddie you know, started doing Kramer, he and Eddie worked hand in glove to put that out on the market. Right. To see so Phil's good. face, because we had like three or four of us on the screen here, as I'm pointing to nothing. And yeah. Phil looked like a little kid seeing Santa Claus. <laughs> he, I bet. He was so excited that we gave him the floor. We said, ask Henry anything you want. And he said uh, something along the lines of, I just need to absorb this first. Because he was yeah, so excited to meet the great Henry Vaccaro, which was, well, it just well, speaks about Phil, you know? Right. It does. Yeah, and you know what? Totally I, I think it speaks for, I, like I said, I, I, I'm not pretending I know Phil at all. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. So, uh, yeah. but I've only seen what a lot of the rest of the world's seen. This is, he's a great player, great all around musician and stuff. But you know, him the way that he looked at at him would be like me or anyone else being surprised by you guys having Les Paul if he were still alive. Right, right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because those are, those Kramer guitars meant so much. Yeah. To anybody who was even a little bit into the Van Halen era. Right. You know, 
And uh, I can understand his excitement, man. I would have, I'd have been the same way. That was a huge get for them. It really was. Yeah. And then, even let's remember, my favorite thing about Henry is not even that. Even though he Henry will tell you the neck was too heavy, those yeah. aluminum neck guitars. Oh man, I I had one. You know, when I was a kid. Yeah, it was. It's my. It's not my best guitar I've had, but it's my favorite guitar I ever had. I understand you know? that. Hey man. Yeah. No, not, I, I still have the I, first guitar I ever got. Well, not the very first one. I mean, the first good guitar was a 78 Stratocaster. Really? I, yeah, I wish I did. But yeah. that being said, it would be only for sentimental reasons because the first guitar I had was so bad that it wouldn't be good for anything except <laughs> for maybe making a table not wobble if you put it under there. Right. Yeah. Now, what do you remember about your first guitar? Uh, you remember well, the, the make and the model? Sure, I do. Uh, well, I don't remember the, the, the model. Uh, when I was a kid, really young, before I even was interested in taking guitar lessons, my mom decided she was going to. Okay. And my, mom and dad, my mom and dad worked full time, so there was an Epiphone acoustic in our closet, my mom and dad's closet, which my mom never touched because my mom was a banker, worked 40 hours a week. My dad is a bricklayer, worked 40 hours a week. Okay. And those lessons that she was going to take never happened. And then when it's kind of, when I decided I want to, that was my first guitar. And you guys, the strings were so far off the neck. Wow. <laughs> I used to I, say you could cut cheese. That's <laughs> <all>. <laughs> totally I love that. But that was my very first acoustic guitar. And then, of course, my first electric guitar was, I think, like a Bentley. It was a Les Black Ace Fraley Les Paul knockoff. Oh, wow. I'm so That's... glad everybody's pronouncing Ace's name right. We pronounce not... Ace's name right on this show, kids. It's Damn not it. freely. <laughs> it's not freely. Yeah. It's freely. I know. Oh, I don't even know where that came from. This. I think freely just sounds more common, but yeah, it's freely. I have a quick question for you, Ryan. Yeah, of course. So I actually um, saw and got to meet Ace okay. when he played the Palladium in 22. Were you with yeah. him on that? Did you? Was that? Yep. yep. Uh, you're talking about the Palladium in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was right off Times Square, right? Yep. Yep. It was the new Palladium because they had moved from like whatever the little old venue was to like a you know probably like a three four thousand seater maybe. Yeah, and here's the interesting thing about that one because, you know, when I first heard Palladium going to New York, I thought of the first Palladium where Kiss played their first show with Eric Carr. Right. And oh, okay, wow. And I was geeked out about that thinking we were going there, yeah. but then as we were going into the city, I learned that it wasn't. But, he, like, you guys, oh. whatever venues around you, like, you know how, like, sheds and arenas change names over the years? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so I think where the Palladium was where you were and we were in 22 – before that, it was like Best Buy. Yeah, it had that kind. Of, it was big and a yeah. lot of carpet and stuff. Yeah, Very, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. were great. I mean, Thanks. it was there was so much energy in there, and yeah. and I I remember saying to my friends. So my deal is, um, I'm tight with Bruce Bukarski, and he's and he's really tight with Ace's girlfriend slash fiance. Right. So that's how, you know, we went there, we got to meet him backstage and all that. But, but I kept saying to Bruce and his brother, Scott, those guitar players within the whole band, like Ace uh, is great. Obviously we right. take that for granted, but I kept commenting on you guys, not Dang. knowing we'd eventually be meeting like this, but I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, the good news is right now, fast forward <laughs> a little bit, the end of March, we're going to be at Sony hall in times square. Oh, wow. So it can't be far from the palladium. So we'll have to see you again. Oh, that would be great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ace's uh, 10,000 volts tour, I guess, is, is yeah. kind of kicking off. It already ha it has, right? Didn't yeah. you guys do a show already? We just did three this weekend, 
And right. guys, those shows were makeup shows from the very end of October for uh, those three shows early November because I can't even remember. Somebody got sick. I, you know what? I do know. It had to be because if someone else would have gotten sick, we just we just played. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's had COVID or something oh, at that point. Yeah. So these first three shows this year were makeup shows from the end of last year. Oh, wow. Okay, that makes yeah. sense, though. Yeah. So that's how we started. And I just got home last night. Wow. <laughs> it, it was such a great... There was so, It was a great show, amazing energy in the room. Um, you know, I, I, there was a... I forgot what song you guys just let him let loose, you know? And he just went hog wild and just started playing all around, all over the neck. And it was, it was just so unbridled, yeah. you yeah. know, in a good way. Well, there's two moments in the show where that really happens, because obviously it's... It's a kiss song, so there's a guitar solo in every song. But his right. two songs were he does would play Shock Me and then he would, you know, play this the solo on the record and then it goes into his solo by himself where we leave. That's one moment. But then my favorite solo moment of his was always at the end of Black Diamond. Okay. You guys remember the Kiss Alive version of Black Diamond? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And uh it's uh, it's that's always my favorite because I really just love that solo and the and the things that and he stays really close to that solo live because um, his solo in the middle where it's free form, I don't know what the hell he's doing. No, he's no. that was my <laughs> comment. He there. was it was wonderful and I love the fact that you know it's rare that you you know it was so unscripted. It was like oh yeah. <laughs> He was just all over the place, and I and I, I said to my friends, "That's rock and roll." Like he's just having fun. He he he's all over the neck. He's like, "I'm yeah. gonna do whatever the fuck I feel like doing." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a portion because we'll be backstage during that for a minute because he does it for like five minutes or so. It so was we'll it was like, long, yeah, but it was cool. Yeah, we'll be back there, and we'll like, and there's certain things he'll play every night, and then there's some so when it's night, we'll all be like. What is he doing? <laughs> is that that? We never it's heard like, that. It's before. like Bob Meatloaf. I don't know what she's doing back there. You know it I mean? was yeah. It, it it was it was surreal but, because it was. It's hard to. You're describing it better than I was able to because he was all over the map and yet it was cool at the same time. Yeah, he does a little name that tune thing in there, and he will always hear pieces of different songs if it's the Stones or ZZ Top yeah. or or, or yeah. whatever. But, I do agree with you. Yes, it is fun. I see people I do see people get a kick out of it. And plus he has the smoking guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And all that stuff you want to see when you see Ace Fraley. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It just harkens back to the days of, of we we're just talking about this today. It, by the way, we, we say this all the time. Every time David and I talk, even if it's like, hey, what's going on? We end up doing a show on the telephone. <laughs> yeah. If we record yeah. every time we talk, it would be a show. So, so today's show was we were talking yeah. about looking at album covers and and, oh, yeah. and albums that open up and there's pictures in there and liner notes and, and all that Isn't stuff. That's the best. And I was just yeah. saying to somebody, I can remember the crackling noise at the end of Stairway to Heaven on a record. That it would yeah. just yeah, it would just fade out and you hear that little crackle and then the needle oh, would pick man. up and that side one. Oh, and they, oh just, we got to flip it over here, side two. Just so, little things like that are they're just just gone. They're just gone. Oh they're, yeah. The kids and are the thing is, do, do you guys listen to much vinyl today? I, I don't honestly. Nah, I got mine set up, and it works. And it, and I to just to feel really old. I realized, oh my god, I, it's like a fifty year old turntable. <laughs> you know. But you know what, you guys, in the last, I don't know how. I mean, I've I never got rid of my vinyl. Right. Yeah, I have everything. I but there was a you know, there was bought, a period, but. but there was a period where I didn't listen to it forever. There was a period for 
25 years where I did not even have a turntable set up. Right. But then in the last eight years or so, I've gotten back into it so much. And that's pretty much exclusively what I, if I'm playing something, what I listen to at home. And I've even gone as far as going back and buying replacement copies of a lot of the albums I've had when I'm growing up because I've worn them out so much. I love that. So let me, let me give you sort of a guitar segue for that. Sure. So do you equate, or might you equate um, vinyl versus, I guess, iTunes, right? You know, where you just put it through your phone to right. solid state versus tube, or, you know, where do you stand in the world of amps? Are you more sort of understanding? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, uh, okay, I'm always the first, and my guitar friends will tell you this, I'm always the first to admit that I'm not like an audiophile. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I love a great warm tube amp. And they sound fantastic. And as, as you guys know, because you play guitar, is because you guys play, and anybody else would know, if we got 10 of the same Marshalls, right? Right. The, we, got, we each got a JCM 800 same, made in the same year, and we plugged in and played to all 10. They would, in fact, all 10 sound differently. Mm -hmm. Right, okay? right. So, that being said, some you would like better than others. Well, when we start going out with Gene... In six, seven, 16, 17, we were doing what are referred to as fly dates. And when you do when you do fly dates, the promoter the promoter gets a list of your gear. And if you know this, I apologize. I, I'm not trying to. Say I don't. That. I don't know. No, but you're not. You're talking to our entire audience, not just. Yeah. Okay, the, the promoter <laughs> in each city that you're playing gets a list of gear. Okay. And on that list is the gear that the band specifies that they need for every show. It's just like your mm -hmm. riders, like the brown M and M's thing with Van Halen. Yeah. They have to this. Yeah. And to have that gear there when you get there going back real quick to the marshall thing even if they gave us the exact exact amp that we needed they didn't always sound great right and that wasn't that guy's fault it was just like god i wish the one we had you know in new york last night sounded better than the one we have tonight in philadelphia so that was the main reason right off the bat that philip and jeremy and i switched to kempers which people uh, know is a profiling app right and there, are, there's a guy, especially named Michael Britt, who makes. There are a lot of people that make, you know, profiles for the Kemper, but Michael Britt, uh, we love his '70s, you know, late '60s in the mid '70s Marshalls, mm. and those were what we were using, and we would just take that with us to every city, because right. it's the exact same amp every night. But you're taking something this big, as opposed to lugging a big, right? Yeah, a plane, which you can't do, so. I'm for that stuff if you want to call it solid state or whatever, or but right as opposed to depending on what situation you're in. Now, when we tour <laughs> and we have a, and a bus and we go out and everything, and you can take your favorite Marshall head with you and everything, yeah, or whatever, we opt to do that. But it just comes down to being practical and how you're touring. And if you're flying uh, in a different airport each day and doing that, you can't bring your favorite Marshall cabinet and your favorite Marshall well, head. Even when, I'm, even when I'm covering Atlantic City dates, I have what I, you know, a fly rig because you got to traipse all your crap through the casino. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm not going to yeah, bring yeah, a half yeah, stack so through the casino on a, a exactly. gurney. So that's my long answer to I'm not going to talk poorly about one thing versus the other because they both work really well for me. It just depends yeah. on the situation. You know? And I know some guys that are totally. I know some guys that are totally against the camper and totally against the fractal and totally, you know, saying no, no, it doesn't sound anything like the real. You know, Mick Mars will fight you about it. Yeah, he'll sit there and go, "Nope, I'm taking this Marshall with me everywhere I go, and I can hear the difference." 
like I said, I'm not an audiophile, so right. you know. <laughs> and and, and another you, difference is recording versus gigging, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, if you're in a studio, you have the you could. I mean, how many songs? The right tone, yeah. you know, like the little print, the little uh, Fender Champ amps that were tube. You know, yep. The yep. half the music we listened to allegedly was recorded on those things. You know, absolutely. And if you look at somebody like Joe Perry, or <clears throat> right, you know, man, the amount of those guys, the amps that those guys bring into the studio, it's just awesome. You know, <laughs> yeah. you look at Joe and Brad, and those guys have access and the. And the money to get the best yeah. of the best. So I, I can only imagine. Let me trust me. Those guys are not using Kempers. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to be a purist, <laughs> right. it's right. great, but sometimes it's not practical, like you said. Right. Right. It's like going to a, a rehearsal room and there's a back line there. There's so many places I played. Wow, that's a great back line. And then you go to other places like, oh my God, this is like a line exactly. six spider. See, that's a perfect, that's a perfect comparison. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, what did when you guys? I'm going to use my one experience with you. You guys Thank sounded outstanding. Like the audio quality you. that I saw was Thank outstanding. You. So here's sort of the test. So if you were solid state, or as we call it, or Kemper, there, I remember remarking like the sound. It was just a phenomenal. What well, it wasn't full spectrum, but it was a wall of sound. It, was, it wasn't. You know, I get so, it. Yeah. Now I do specifically remember that weekend. Yeah. And here again. <laughs> For whatever reason, we weren't flying with the only thing that we took that weekend was our guitars. So we were, in fact, using the the supplied backline, and they were all JCM 800s. Mm-hmm. Ace, Ace was, uses Ace, Ace uses 2000s, Marshall 2000s. That's what he uses exclusively. Okay, but Jerry usually using uh, JCM 800s. Okay, yeah, it was. I remember the sound was outstanding, and it was the perfect size because it's not a club, but it's not Madison Square Garden. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a great room. It really was. It was. It was shocking to me because now that you tell me it was a Best Buy, it makes perfect sense. Because remember, yeah, it was called the best. It was called the Best Buy Center or like Sony Hall before it was the Palladium. And like you know how. Like Pine Knob in, in Detroit is now like is like Cricket Wireless Center. You're like, no man, that's right. always going to be Pine Knob to me. Right. And that's right. What, some, that's some of our guests I'm from the UK are always like shocked. Like, why is everything named after a brand here or a bank? <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they don't, don't have like, that there. They don't like what is what is this Staples Center shit? What is this? Yeah, because see, we have Bridgestone Arena here, which is a tire, you know, company. And then yeah, yeah. Louisville to Louisville, it's the Yum Center because it's owned by KFC. <laughs> wow, that's something. Yum Center. How now, where, anti-rock and roll is that name? I know. I know. It's the Yum Center. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So you're in Nashville. Is that where you are? Or where? Or where are you? I'm just south of town. Okay. About twelve to fourteen minutes in an area called Brentwood. Oh, I, so, yeah, I, I know of Brentwood. Yeah, it's beautiful okay. over there. Thank you. Yeah, not <sighs> far from town at all. But uh, honestly, the only time I go downtown to lower Broadway, there's a Broadway goes downtown right by the arena towards the football stadium. Right. It's the downtown. um, It's known as lower broad. Okay. There from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. Seven days a week are the honky tonks. Hundreds and hundreds of bars and restaurants and bands playing all at the same time. It's music from 10 to 3. And honestly, the only time I go down there is if someone from out of town comes in and wants to go down and see it. But I right. kind of stay out there most of the time. Uh, it feels kind of like Vegas meets New Orleans down there. 
That's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. Probably per capita more drunk people than you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. You know, I, 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 I'm a big Memphis fan, but yeah. I've heard wonderful. I've been through Nashville, never actually hung out there. Well, if you guys but, come here, you'll be my excuse to go down there and hang out again. Oh, good. yeah. Maybe we do that before Nam, Scott. Yeah, we're looking at good... Nam footage and we're like, oh, we know that guy, we know that guy, we know that guy. We'll practically be celebrities if we go to Nam. Oh yeah, if you uh, na- summer summer Nam is in Nashville, the right. convention center where they hold it is literally one street over from Lower Broad that I was just telling you about. Oh wow, walking distance. Hmm. Yeah, now, it's like a block. Now one we have a one of our guests uh, from our COVID era shows, which were horrible zoom quality, but hopefully we think pretty good content. Noah Pelty is actually making a name for himself there. Now he's uh, got some good songwriting credits and I think he's got a record oh, deal. Yeah. There's so many oh, artists awesome. though, going flowing yeah. through that town boy. Brian Mackey, one season one guest. He, uh, he spent some time there, but I think he's back up North again. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, uh, everybody seems to have, be spent if they're not living here they they seem to come to try to spend a little time here anyway because it's just so busy here now it's crazy wow and and i've I think one of our guests was talking to us about it about just sort of the writing there and how they were very happy yeah. with the the environment a very supportive environment for artists who or, or maybe it was noah i forget but right. just talking about connecting with other people in an artistically supportive environment Mm-hmm. Right. Like, do you oh, find yeah. that there, like community wise? Absolutely. Um, you know, no matter what anybody says, I know it's changed a lot, especially in the last 10 to 12 years. Country music is always going to be the heartbeat of this town. Right. Right. And and, and that's just to give it. I mean, and, and it should be. That's that, that, that's what yeah. everything was built on here. That is the music industry, at least in Nashville. It's like uh, Chicago is to blues, you know. It's yeah. exactly, be, exactly. It's never going to completely disappear. It always has a foothold in the history of the town and the music. Yeah, right. and you know, for so many decades now, there are so many, been so many major publishing companies here, and publishing companies are the ones that actually put songwriters under contract. A lot of those songwriters aren't necessarily artists. They literally just go in, like an eight to five gig, and they write songs all day, every day, oh, and wow. then. Then those songs are then taken by their publisher who signed them, and they're pitched to the different artists and our people and uh, management and that kind of thing to get. Mm. Like, for example, Joe Blow comes in and writes what's well, a great new country song, and he writes for you know, Sony Music Publishing, and Sony goes and pitches it to Blake Shelton and his label, and then Blake Shelton cuts it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's always a really songwriter-oriented town. And then all the pop writers started coming here as well. Mm. And That's it became what, okay. it became not just a, a country music songwriting place. It became like a songwriter's hub. That makes sense. World coming here because you know this goes back to people like Christopherson, right? Yeah, who, and he was a perfect example of getting songs cut before he actually became an artist. Like he was literally mopping floors at a studio when me and Bobby McGee was cut. Hmm. Wow! And now, I think, so, yeah. You know, everybody comes here to meet up with other songwriters and just try to get something good out of it, or just kind of learn their craft a little better. It's really serious. That's and it's. I guess it's such serious stuff too, right? Oh, you know, is. you know this yep. is this is a career, and I, I would imagine the um, the level of sophistication of understanding whatever your genre is 
right. in, in creating something that number one is sellable to an artist and number two is something that from that artist would be sellable to us, you know? Yeah. And you know what? It's so, uh, it's like, it's not accidental that certain artists like, because like the main thing about country, since that's the main thing here, because all the, the, most of the country artists are here. Uh, when those writers I was telling you about sit down and write a song, they look at what, what, what is called a pitch sheet. Okay. A new pitch sheet is generated usually like every month and the publishers go and they scour all the labels and management companies and producers and stuff. And they find out there's a schedule of who's cutting songs that year or that month and what type of songs are they looking for? This guy's looking for a drinking song. This guy's looking for an, a new uh. big ballad. This girl's looking for a, a love song. And then so guys will sit and go, man, let's write. This is a cool idea. Let's try to write something to get Miranda Lambert's attention. Mm-hmm. And that and that's literally how it's done, man. It's it's not like, just it's like, like a superstore for songwriters. Yeah, or, or people are looking for songwriter. Absolutely, and it's so weird too because the way the music I grew up in and everything, you know, reading Deep Purple records and Kiss records and Van Halen records yeah. and all that, there weren't very many other names besides the band members in those bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, until until Kiss wrote with Paul wrote with Desmond, Desmond Child. There weren't. They're yeah. really, I mean, you know, King of the Right Nighttime World was written by Kim Fowley originally. He, he's on there. And then Paul and, and Bob did their thing to it as well. But Kiss was not a band that did outside songs. You know, uh, Aerosmith was not a band that did outside songs. You know, and exceptions don't make the rule. But then yep. you look later on, Kiss started writing with a lot of outside people. Aerosmith with a lot of outside people. Absolutely. That pump that record's happened. loaded with guys that didn't, you know, they didn't write a whole lot of those songs. Yeah, yeah, and you know, permanent yeah. vacation, you know, yeah, lot, and, and, and look where the big hits came from. Yeah, <laughs> so and, the, the later on big hits. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Radio, and, radio play. And and the funny thing is, like being an old timer that I am, mm-hmm. I have a bias against folks mm-hmm. who don't write their own songs. It's not fair. Um, I get it, oh, but listen. I do. Yeah, uh, I I can understand that. Like I, I mean, really like do. the bands, like. You know, like, um, you know, you could take like a Blake Shelton and he and, yep. and he does a great job with the song. And right. and I don't mean that by artists who, you know, will do a lot, you know, bring in other songs. But if if you're in a if you're, you know, like a, a I don't Dolly Parton does. Right. I'm trying to think of other. Country oh, man, folks. she's she's a model. Like, she's she prolific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alan but, Jackson. Alan Jackson writes so much of his own stuff, man. Okay. Alan, Two or three outside songs in his career. All right, so you who know. who can we diss? Who's someone? <laughs> well, let, me, let me just let me tell you this way. I told well, Garth Brooks got his one of his biggest songs written by Billy Joel. Oh, listen, most and of, that and yeah. that was Garth, a huge record for him. See, but here's the deal: yeah. you yeah. look at someone like Garth. He's a good example because no one's bigger than Garth as far as right. right, right, yeah. He will he will happily and proudly tell you and give credit to Kent Blazy and. uh all these different guys who wrote his biggest hits and going, I couldn't have done it without these guys' music. Mm. Oh, and that's I great. I appreciate yeah. the honesty in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I will tell you, but listen, I, I don't know. You, you say you're an old timer. <laughs> I don't know how old you are. I'm 54, so I consider myself. Oh, you're a kid. Okay. <laughs> I'm, but, I'm just about 60. But, yeah. but Okay. So let me tell you, though, growing up the way we did, <laughs> yeah. the three of us, and seeing people write music the way they did, yeah. Our, our Aerosmiths, our Kisses, our Van yep. Halen's. Mm-hmm. I understand why we're because I'm wired to think the same way you are. Yeah, but I will tell you the other side of the fence on that. 
Yeah. I know some of the most kick-ass songwriters in the world that are so happy that there's a Steven Tyler or a somebody because they're like, I can only write it. I don't have the talent to sing it. And the yeah. only way they're going yeah. music heard is to have one of those guys. They're giving so, it to them and they're making it great. I yeah. see both. Or sometimes they write songs with that artist in mind. There was a yeah. pretty famous Billy Joel story that uh, he wrote a song well, he wanted to give right. to Frankie Valley, and Frankie Valley was like, "Ah, that song shit." So he he recorded the song and sang it like Frankie Valley. <laughs> Uptown Girl is that the one? <laughs> one of those. Yeah. But yeah, he he just said, "Yeah, yeah, it's probably Uptown Girl." That sounds like a Frankie Valley. I can see the video in my head now. I can too. He yeah. kind of got pissed off that he didn't want it. Remember? So he's like, oh, guess what, fucker? I'm going to miss recording. Yeah. Hey, watch like, your fucking language, yeah. Scott. We don't curse I'm on this sorry. show. <laughs> yeah. We're not on PBS no, I anymore. Where you're, I understand where you're coming from. And I but, think it's unfair of me to have that attitude. I re- I know that. But I'm, I was sort of raised with that bias, you know, yeah. musically uh, you know what? I think I think it's the same way with um, – I actually have friends that have been on some of the TV shows. <clears throat> okay. You know, Um I have a personal thing where I'm not a fan of that that kind of thing. It doesn't mean I'm right. Right, right, right. But uh, where, the way I grew up and people got signed and made it happen was a lot different than, you know, the way that it's when, done when now. In the lottery with one song on television. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. So we all have our, you know, good luck to everybody, though, right? Yeah. And you know what's a great example of that? To, to, to agree completely with your point. So I have the same bias. If you become famous because you're on one of those shows, it's not cool. And then our generation would say the way you do it is like, you know, what David Grohl always says, you go out, you tour, you work your ass off, right? Well, we have a get, we have a, someone who did our show who's done both. So Mariah Fermika of Plush, yeah, she was oh, on the yeah. yeah, she was on The Voice. Yeah. But now she tours and she her whole band, they're amazing. They're they're working their asses off, so they're doing both. So your point is exactly right. Us old farts probably have like a slightly unfair attitude because they've got it all, you know. Yeah. No, I get it. There's something to be said though that I still and I'll stand by this forever. And it doesn't mean I'm right, but there's something about going out with your band or even if you're by yourself. And man, when you have to do when you have to do those miles by yourself, and you have to get shit on and you right. got a stuff and you have some great nights and you have some really bad nights but you stay out there and you do it for years and then it pays up man i have a lot of respect for that because yeah I mean, yeah i say this i use this phrase too much but it's like i've starred in that movie yeah. and uh, right yeah i've seen a lot of people do it and and quit and that's okay because you know if something's not working for you and you don't want to do it anymore there's nothing wrong it's with admitting like, I mean, something. And, and music business cannot be any tougher right now, right? With the streaming oh, and this man. and that and trying to make a buck. and It's just so different. It's so it's different. totally different deal. But you talk about people like Grohl and all that. Yeah. What a work ethic. Yep. And I he's, people, I don't, I don't he's, he's got a foothold in the old school ways, for sure. Yeah. I don't care if people are a Foo Fighters fan or not, or even going back to a Nirvana fan or not. You cannot poke holes in that guy's work ethic. Mm. it's insane you know, i love it <clears throat> and I he's always it. got a smile on his face as you know he he's a lot like phil x in that regard like he's a positive energy guy yes absolutely 100 yeah. yeah. and that that is that is the most attractive and i'm not saying like in a relationship but that was seeing that with other players yep uh, that draws me to anybody more than anything is the attitude you bring 
Yep. And, uh, if there were two guys up for the same gig and I was hiring a band and they were really close, even if one guy was a little bit better player, you know what I mean? But the other guy was yep. much better hang. I would give the other guy that's a much better hang with a better attitude the time that I would. Than Absolutely. Like, Especially going to be stuck on a tour bus with him. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it goes a long back, way. It really I, makes a big I, deal. Tour buses are great. Uh, how about being stuck in a van? Yeah. 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 Gotta, yeah. We're yeah. getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. You yeah. might have actually accidentally quoted one of our season one guests who said exactly. I think it was Kenny Dubman, but it could right. have been someone else. Literally said what you said. If if you have a couple of guys or women applying for guitar, bass, whatever, and one's a little better, but the one who's not as good is someone you could see yourself getting along with. Ten times out of ten, you're yeah. going to pick the person you can get yeah. along with. And, yeah. and granted, uh, yeah. that's very true. And granted, though, you know, I'm not dismiss. I'm not saying. I mean, the other the, the other person that we that we're going to get along with, they have to be good. <laughs> right. 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 But but yeah. it's if there's that one thing, there's that deciding factor, and one guy, if I get a little bit of a glimpse of a shithead, somewhere, yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, it's like, I mean, look what happened to the Wonders. They broke up over that. <laughs> <laughs> they had that obnoxious you know, you know guitar player. Movie is Mr. White. <laughs> I quit. That's right. <laughs> I quit. You remember? I quit. <laughs> the I quit song was like the best song in the whole album. Oh my god, that's so great. That's such a great moment. I was. Uh, I, dude, I watch every time that comes on. I watch that movie. When we were but, when I was in Hair of the Dog, uh, that was one of the movies on our bus that was in heavy rotation, man. Yeah, yeah. Always on that, <laughs> and I think Austin Powers had just come out. Yeah, we had a bootleg copy of that, and so we had that on the bus too. So, just <laughs> that's all we watched for, for six months. But the wonders. Yeah, so what what's going on with the uh, RCMC? You man, guys horn again, or are you? Putting out right. We're going, we're going to. It's one of those things where we're in the fortunate position of being in a band with Ace. Right. Right. Working a lot. Uh, That's where I'm going with this. I know you're busy with Ace, but so you know, yeah. sometimes another project got to get backseat or whatever. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for even bringing up that we did it. The, we did the record. Uh, it came out July last year, produced by Marty Fredrickson, who we talked about earlier as far right. as the stuff and everything goes. He wrote and produced a lot of stuff with the with Aerosmith and still works mm -hmm. with Steven a lot. Did that record with him. It came out here in July. It came out in Europe in December. Hmm. And uh, I, I like to feel having been in this a long time, I kind of feel like I've gotten pretty good at managing my expectations. Right. Right. You know, of what to expect and what not to expect and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I am sitting here in front of you, happy to tell you that this record's, um, the buzz on this record and the sales on this record have exceeded my expectations. It's it's way good. I I, I was listening to it. Uh, I, I'm on staycation this week, so I got I'm just playing oh, cool. it up. So there's a little QR code oh, if you want to scan that with your phone. That'll take you right to iTunes. Awesome, thank uh, you. Uh, yeah. and, and if you guys ever want to dust off your uh, <laughs> your record players, I'll be happy to send you guys the vinyl so you can listen to the vinyl too. <laughs> nice. Oh, I'll take a vinyl from you. That would be great. Bill. Uh, we've got red vinyl and blue vinyl. It's 180 grand. Yes, I saw that. That's awesome. That I love that you're you're embracing that because it really. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, we were looking at some of your uh, your bio notes, and uh, yeah. it just brings me back. To, you know, looking at like we started talking about looking at records and stuff. Circus Magazine, right? Oh, God. Um, Bible. 
around, yeah. around in, in town here we had the Aquarian, which was a bunch of local <laughs> bands. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and on TV you had Don Kirsch's rock concert, Midnight Special. Midnight Special. SNL once yeah. it depends who was on SNL that week, but that was a big thing. You didn't uh, you didn't have YouTube where you could see a live performance. You had yeah. to wait and wait and wait and yeah. tune in exactly at the right time. So let me ask you guys this since I know you're supposed to be asking me stuff but Okay. <laughs> so having Circus Magazine, Hit Parader Magazine, Hit Parader, yes. Cream. Cream. Okay. Yeah. Those were my three favorites. And then I had Don Kirsch's Rock Concert and Midnight Special. Right. So do you remember, and this is what I used to do, is run to the newsstand. And, you you know, it only happened once a month because you had to wait. Mm -hmm. That was, for the three of us, that was our window. Yes. Into the music world. And you didn't know anything until the next issue came out. Like, I didn't even, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that, records were released on a certain day right. each week like that right so all i would do when i was little was run into a record store and just <laughs> fucking pray that there would be a new kiss or Mad <laughs> record. that's it yeah. was and then when you would see it it would just be this huge surprise but let me have, but my question to you is do you think that having too much access to all the artists now and it's been this way for 30 years now having too much access has taken away the mystique Absolutely. Uh, the band-to-band yeah, band relationship. Yeah, you want to go first, like, Scott? Yeah. Well, I can remember like mm -hmm. specific artists. There was such a uh, – they had such a persona that you didn't really know what they were like as a real person. Exactly. Um, like, did Jimmy Page really live in a castle and practice the cult? <laughs> right, right, right. Unapproachable. Like, you know? I mean, if I ever got to meet Pete Townsend back, that I'd be scared to death that he was going to – Punch me in the nose for no reason. Yeah, he just looks like an angry badass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and and I think that it's so true. Now, the, the the only thing, and I I agree with you. So I'm just putting out there a counterpoint is that now it's a little more egalitarian. So we had, you know, like we all grew up around the same time. We had the royalty, like we had, you know, the British invasion. For our age, was not, you know, the Beatles were kind of done. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah. but we had the stones, the who zap, you know, like, look, I've got Jethro Tull here. You know, we had yeah. all those bands, but you know, yeah. kinks, stuff like that. Fewer than 25, 30 rockish bands, yep. you know, and now the, we don't have the, people don't have the reverence anymore, right. but, but the kids today, and I can't relate to this, but they're, they're exposed to a wider breadth of music. Yeah, they are. And, and they're, you know. I was just, it's funny. I was just driving my daughter who's 23 with one of her friends, um, back to New York yesterday yeah. and her friend has been following some guy on, um, I guess Instagram or one of the social media platforms and he does not really EDM, but he, he does something. I don't know what the hell it is cause I'm too old, <laughs> but, but he does, but she's been a fan I'm, of I'm his. proud of you that you knew what EDM was. Yeah. That sounds it, like it's, a candy. It's for erectile dysfunction. <laughs> no. That's the joke. Yeah. Bravo, Dave. Thank we you, have our clip you. for next week. There we yeah. go. The last clip was when I talked away from the mic like that. Oh, um, but so what I loved is that um, we're driving back and, and she, you know, she follows him on Instagram. And the next thing you know, they're having a, you know, a digital conversation together. Hmm. Wow. Now, and, and, and she had the same perspective as scott or i because i'm also a who fanatic yeah. um you know if i had a conversation with pete you know roger or john or 
Keith, I think, was dead just as I became a fan, like 78, 79. But, yep. Um, and so there is a little more access, but everything is diluted. You know, you're not, I don't think we're going to get gods like that. I mean, we have Taylor, which is a whole conversation. Yeah. But that's, well, I don't know where we put it. Uh, I think it's more rooted yeah. in her creating such a live persona. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, you're you're in Nashville, so you can, she she was once a country star. I mean, and, the and, king of personas, yeah. Kiss. I, All the guys in Kiss. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're we right. were like, I wonder what oh. they look like without makeup. I wonder yeah. what they're like in real life. I wonder, and you, they didn't even yeah. seem like humans. They seem like they're from outer space, especially Ace, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, everything you just said and more, it's like, and God, and being so young and impressionable, right? seeing for the first time, I mean, talk about listening with your eyes. Like you were talking about bigger, earlier. Bigger than life. Just bigger. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if we were recording that, but earlier you were talking about an album and opening it up that, you know, a gate Just alive. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody at that time outdid the gatefold lover of uh, a gatefold album of kiss alive too. Yeah. I mean, you guys, do you remember opening that? Cause first of all, the cover <laughs> of their four faces and G and then when you open yeah. it, out, Oh Jesus. And then the tattoos fell out. Remember? <laughs> I don't remember that part, but There's I remember the album. Sheet, and you, you get all kinds of goodies, on. posters, yeah. all kinds of crap in, in those oh, fold out records. And well, then, of course, don't forget, yeah. The order form to buy more kiss stuff. <laughs> right. Well, well, Gene's a genius with that stuff. He is. But but here, let's talk about you in relation to that experience. So you're doing that as a kid. Mm-hmm. And now it's allegedly 2024. Mm-hmm. And we're talking to you. You you've you've been on you're on tour with Ace. Yep. You've jammed with Gene. What kind of fantasy realization is that for you? Uh I didn't I didn't realize it. Oh, first of all, you know, it's not lost on me. I, I am one of the, I'm not the only person, but I am on a short list of people in the, because Kiss was, man, you know how there are certain bands that we would see on TV or go see a concert and they would get up and jam yep. each other? Kiss was never a jam band. Right, right, right. Ever, right? One of the few yep. times that someone came on stage with them was when Joe Perry got on stage with them when Kiss and Aerosmith toured together 15 years ago or something, right? Yeah. But Kiss not just jam or like you don't see someone from kiss get up with someone or vice versa right that being said there aren't very many people uh that have been can say raise their hand and say that they've now played with all four original members of kiss wow yeah say that so that's pretty cool to me so that's not lost that on very me. cool all i can feel is like maybe you know people always say that you take totally can manifest stuff listen yep. i was a kiss freak fanatic as a child i mean uh, well into my adulthood still i mean still yeah. and, and you know i just can't tell you like playing with you know paul was a one-time fluke thing okay peter was a one-time thing but i did get up i was on stage perform like we did i slow your love with paul Listen, it counts you got it you got it does it. count <laughs> but but being hired by two of the founding members gene and ace to do this was that's unbelievable heavy. pretty heavy it, it's kind of you know what Honestly, someone could kind of make a pretty cool, at least short film about it. I bet. I bet. It really, it really is. Uh, I definitely know that there are a lot of people that would love to trade places with me. And I yeah. honored by that and humbled by that. And I, I realize how fortunate I am, but I work my ass off too. Right. Well, that's the thing. They're, they are so good. They're not letting you on because you're a fan. They're, they're letting you on because you're fucking good. Thank you know, you. and you work hard at it. Like, yeah, I mean, I think Scott and I decided at the end of the show, 
we'll we'll play a piece of that video you guys did. Okay. You know. Oh right? yeah. Rock City yeah. Machine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rambling Gamlin. It, it, I mean, you, I so, mean we, <laughs> vocals are great, and I just, yeah. I just look at. And you're um, having fun. When you made the transition to playing, like, you're primarily a guitar player, but you know, I I, I play bass too, so I kind of get it. So I start right. off playing bass, then I switch, kind of switched over to guitar, and now guitar is my main instrument. And you yep. played drums when we were together. Sure, no, before we did. were together. Yeah, well, you're a well multi instrument guys. You're a multi, yeah. yeah. But how, when did you, you made that transition to play bass? Did you? have trouble with that or did you not want to do <laughs> no, it or <laughs> no here's what happened though we had a couple personnel changes because i don't know if anybody remembers this when we were with gene it was three guitars i don't remember three. that yeah me fell and jeremy were on guitar gene was on bass and had a drummer right ace called gene before we went to australia and he said gene um listen do you think because ace was going to open for us yeah would you be opposed to me using your band so then I can just go over and I don't have to bring my band and blah, blah, blah. And Gene said, ask Ryan, <laughs> right? This was in a tech, this was in an email thread. Right. And I, I reached back out to Gene privately away from the group thing. And I said, right. are you really okay with this? Cause you know, yeah. you don't know. And I wasn't sure. going to say yes or no to anything until I talked to him. You know, because what if he would have just been being nice? Oh, sure, you can ask Ryan, but he wouldn't want me to do it. I did. I asked him. He he had no problem. He's like, absolutely, go do it as long as we're still good. So we were playing with Gene and Ace. At the end of that tour was when we, we knew it was ending. Gene was going back to Kiss to so begin the farewell. Mm -hmm. And he told Ace, he's like, you should use this band from this point forward. So mm -hmm. that's how we ended up, Ace ended up with, you know, me and Jeremy on guitar, Phil on bass, and Matt on drums at the time. Well, we had some personnel changes where the bass player, first Phil, then Zach, had to go do some other gigs. And Ace finally was just like, look, will you just play bass talking to me? <laughs> right, right. And uh, it came through a text message, I think. Or I think maybe he asked Jeremy to ask me. This might have what happened. And my first reaction was, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Before I did it, I ran downstairs here because I, where I sit and practice and record things over there, and I played through the. I picked up my bass and I played through the set real quick, and I was like, "And you had fun with it." Oh, didn't, didn't oh I'm so doing this. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Truth be told, and I've, I've even said this to Ace. For me personally, it's more fun to play bass in his band than it is to play rhythm guitar. I could totally. Oh, that makes that. sense, right? You know how many times just, I just like go downstairs and just put on my bass and just play to whatever comes to mind to see if I could just that, pull it off by ear. You know, so number one, I appreciate him trusting me to do it. And number two, though, uh, man, did Gene have some killer bass lines yeah, in those kids? Yeah. Oh, that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You really, you really absolutely hear the genius it. of it and like, boy, that's an interesting choice that he did yeah. it that way. You know, yeah. kind of like when you play Paul McCartney stuff. It's very melodic and you know like this is well, see, not the way the a normal bass player plays and he's he's that's gene's idol right it's like there, there is a common yeah. there's a common thread there so you listen to all the stuff that gene did it's not just your your knucklehead dude 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 you know right. what i mean it's moving right. it's walking, melodic it's <clears throat> it's almost like lead bass well that's it's very cool, cool. Yeah. and it's nice you know that that 
uh, Gene was gracious or magnanimous enough to not make it, you know, sort of like the uh, the alligator arms check thing where you're not really you don't really mean it, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, he yeah. meant it, and and, he, and that was smart of you, you know, in ter- just in terms of relationships. Yeah. To pull him off the chain and say you're really good with this, showing your loyalty to him. That absolutely and kudos to him, you know, for for supporting that. I gotta tell you, going back to what you said earlier about playing with both of them, man, those nights when we went out and opened with Ace and then ran off stage and changed shirts and held <laughs> off and then went back out with Gene. Man, what a cool night for us. <laughs> you know, we just what did you do tonight? Play Kiss songs with Ace and Gene all night. <laughs> <laughs> That's just downplay it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, that, of- that's dream come true kind of stuff. It is. I just want to point out that we put up the RCMC link tree uh, QR code by David's head. If yeah, you, I'll, I'll get you guys scan that with your phone, uh, you, it'll I'll take you to that link tree. There we go. Right <laughs> there Aim go. for David's head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we, we love QR codes on this show. And we yeah. do the show live, and people scan the code. The computer tells us that so many people are scanning it. But, of course, this is tape for broadcast. We won't see right. that. But right. uh, a lot of people do like that and click on it. That's great. I love uh, it. Thank you. Yeah, it's but, yeah, I'm cool. gonna send you, I'll send you guys LPs. Oh, my God. We would love that. Just let me know what color you want. All right. Oh, I trust you. You pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll surprise you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what do you have coming up? So we talked about so your so you're touring, obviously, with Ace. Yep. What so else? Got, is, okay. What late before you for 2024? So, uh, so just got home last night. This is the beginning of Ace for the whole rest of the year. Right. It's just agent, a new booking agency, uh, BTE, which is going to be great for him. It's going to be really busy. The next thing we have with Ace is we're shooting another video in New York the first week of February. And then after that, we go on a Monsters of Rock cruise. Ah. Oh, that's great. That's right. I forgot he's doing that. Ace on a boat. Yeah. Say hi to Eddie Trunk for us. Yeah. <laughs> he's always going there. on that thing. New Jersey and, guy. Oh, I know. I know Ed well. Uh, that's going to be a fun lineup. It's us, The Darkness, Extreme. Oh, yeah. Uh, Satriani. Uh, Wink. I mean, you name it. There's so this, many. Monsters yeah. puts, like, I'm not exaggerating for effect. They put, like, 40 bands on. It's crazy. It is there's crazy. Always, there's always something going on. But we only play twice. Oh, really? Yeah. So I just got the uh, – they gave us the schedule Saturday night. We were at Soundcheck, and we were talking about it. Like, I wonder when we play, and then our TM goes, oh, I have the schedule right here. So, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're playing uh, the cruise leaves on, like, the second. Right. So on the third, we do our first headline show. We play the theater at 6.30 p.m. Okay. And then either the day before or the day after that, we have the the the, the fan meet and greet. Okay. Where we're just there and the whole ship comes through and gets their picture taken <laughs> with you. So we do that for a while. And on then Santa's lap. Yeah. So the third and then on the fifth is our next show and we play the theater again. And I can't remember what time that show is. So, hmm. you know, two shows in five days, it's not too bad. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah, yeah, that's really good work. <laughs> and especially for something like that, I mean, just the drink fest that I'm sure it is. We call it a booze cruise. Yeah. 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 That makes perfect sense. So that's a great thing. So you got that going on. 
Yeah. And then and then Ace has the new album out. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you guys might know this better than me. I think I'm quite positive the record comes out in February, but I don't know the date. I think it's February. Okay. So the week after that is when we shoot our next video. Okay. We shot the video for 10,000 volts last year, the end okay. of the year. Really great past- song, by the way. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks. And yeah. then the, really last weekend, the last weekend before the one we were just doing, I shot another video without the band. With the Spaceman suit. I saw that with the green That's screen. That's what I heard. I don't know what That's he's what doing. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Looks then, cool. And then if the record comes out on the second or third, then I think we shoot our next video on the ninth. And it's somewhere yeah. in New York. I don't know anything yet. <laughs> we'll oh, th- th- this is good stuff. Um, so I, I got to say this, you know, there, there are those shows that stand out. This is absolutely <laughs> one of them. You oh, know? good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. And just Thank like you. that, we did an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it an hour? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the story yeah. we always like to tell, um, a, a personal friend and a friend of the show, uh, Todd Yasui, is a producer in L.A., but he, okay. he's met a zillion rock stars. We put him on the show when we were back in the studio, and he, you know, we, we ended up doing maybe 65, 70 minutes, and it felt to him like it was five or ten. Crazy, crazy fast. Yeah. See, yeah. that's good conversation, though, man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the way we like it. Yeah, we don't want any. We don't want any of those cricket moments. <laughs> no, no. There, and if there we get no- any of those, we just cut them out and post. Perfect. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. I'll yeah. be putting up a lot of pictures and tour dates awesome. and stuff. Well, you know what? One thing purdy. that was my one thing that's my fault is because of my ADD and I I'm like squirrel. But um, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. About about. Uh, so we're getting offers. We did a RCMC did a licensing distribution deal in europe because i told you the, the record came out december 1st right uh they are really trying to get us on tour over there this year that'd be awesome that could be fun yeah. and man as much as i told you about managing expectations uh i can't believe how well the record is doing well, over we there. are going to close out the show a rambling gambling man okay, uh, cool. we won't play the whole thing because if you go to youtube with click that qr code kids kitties you can uh you, you can watch see it. it in all its glory and some other songs too. Yeah, yeah. we also have a from video Mark for Hansen. the last time. And uh yeah, so we will be out there. I can't give you dates right now. I'm not trying to be vague or secretive. I just don't have them. And I have the I have the uh the fortunate of having two things to work with and someone yeah. to be able to do yeah. both of them. But you know me, it's like I will make it work. <laughs> you will make it work. And so the last question we we always ask, how do people find you? Okay, so uh, Instagram, I am Ryan Cook, 1969. Perfect. Basically, Look at that. Scott is so good. Damn. Scott Man. is so good. I, all over it. I love this. Uh, Facebook, I'm Ryan Spencer Cook. Okay. And then oh, on Facebook, there's also a Rock City Machine Group fan page. Actually, Perfect. Rock City Machine Co. And then also on Instagram, Rock City Machine Co. R-O-C-K-C-I-T-Y-M-A-C-H-I-N. Oh, man. Scott's Yo. a monster. <laughs> Faster than I can spell. I love it. Or you just go to the Linktree uh, QR code on the... And we have, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff in Linktree, too, like all the articles and stuff, reviews. Yeah, or, there's tons of stuff there. It just takes you all over. I am the worst social media guy in the world. <laughs> like, you remember when we were kids or anybody was a kid, you'd see the two paper cups and a string? Yeah. Yep. That's how I, that's how I still feel. <laughs> this, 
to be navigating social media. That's gonna, right. Hey, I'm we gonna, found you and you found us. So you did all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, special I, thanks I, to Rick Taylor um, over there at Vintage. Rick, that's right. Vintage, he's the one that awesome. sort of introduced us. Yep. Sure did. And we love him. Shout, Kev- and, and Kevin Easton as well. Yeah. Who works in the Vintage uh, custom shop there. They've both have been beyond supportive. I love those guys. Yeah. They uh, sent really Scott stuff. and I. This great box right yeah, here. Jackson Audio. What is it is the coolest thing ever. It oh, is a recre it's yes, it's a yeah, it's a recreation of the silver tone sound, which I love because it's basically Sears. And yeah. it's if you were here and you and you held it, it's heavy. I mean, this thing is, is built it? beautifully. Uh, and awesome. it's simple. Yeah. That's so great. he was after we did the show, he was so they, proud they sort of, of uh, well, just announced what does it do show. i saw a couple of videos from it. it's it's yeah. sort of it's sort of like a fuzz box but not really no. okay it, it it you know what it is it, it, sky you tell me if i'm wrong it's almost like an old school modeling but not re- but there's no computer in it you know right. um but it's kind of modeling the old silver tone but it's doing it in an old school way I get they're it. using fat in there instead of tubes yeah, get and, that and it's giving you just sort of some gentle overdrive. Right. I think I'd call it, and it's and it is. It's gentle. You're not going to get a really screaming sound. Yeah, yeah. My my friend that plays exclusive slide seventy slide guitar, he loves that thing. He's been messing with it for Perfect. the last two months. I don't yeah. know if I'll ever get it back. To call Rick, it's right up his alley. Yeah, he loves it. So go buy your own. It's, it's the end of March. It's probably a weekend. Do so I got a 50 so 50 chance? Inviting, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm inviting you right now. Well, thank you. Um, I, I'm in if I could do it. I would love to do it. If I don't have a, okay. if I don't have a gig and I'm off, I'm there. Okay. It's happening. It's thank funny you. Because New York, New York is, and Jersey just gate because Ace tells us he's just inviting his family, but he invites 80. We don't get any guests, but it's his band. So right, right, right. Yeah. But it, yeah. <laughs> It's definitely funny. New York groove. Yeah. Right. I, know. I know. So let's end the show, well, David. Here, let's see if this works. I know it'll work. I, <laughs> I hope so. I trust you, Scott. There it is. Yeah. I know those hey. guys. There you go. <laughs> awesome. It did work. Yeah.